Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Jason, here with my brother and twin, extraordinaire. I'm waiting for you to say your name. I thought you were going to say my name. Michael over here. Tim's still on baby daddy duties. A baby newborn daddy. baby. We hear the baby cry through the floor. We live under Tim, for those yeah. who don't know. The first week or so, we didn't hear him crying that much. Now he's crying more and more. It's Does it's, it keep you up? It's not loud enough it to doesn't. keep me up. It's yeah. actually... At this point, it's still very cute. It is, right? I just like to hear it and I chuckle. Like, oh, man, Tim's dealing with that. Yeah, right no now. issues with it yet. Maybe we'll see if uh, in a, a couple of months or so when he starts getting bigger and louder. <coughs> so and we do start waking up in the middle of the night. Uh, today, we are going to cover the pros versus Joes FFPC draft. We'll tell you more about that. But we were pros going up against some uh, big names in the industry. Rich Hyber of Sharp Football Analysis, Scott Baird of Fantasy Points, and so on. Um, And we're also, of course, going to start off talking about the Cam Akers news. But before we get there, let me tell you a little bit about this app called the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. Available on the App Store, available on the Google Play Store. It has literally everything you need for a fantasy football draft. It has ADP by Sleeper. Um, It has player cards with combine information in the front and all the relevant information you need in the back for every single year. And it also has cool Pro Bowl and uh, rookie card stuff. Uh, we have player statistics that are sortable with exclusive stats like true values and rushing yards over expected. We have a player uh, a draft tool where you can compare players that you're debating drafting. Anything you need, we have news, rankings. Our rankings are constantly updating. We're going to have to update them again with the Cam Akers news. So you could always check that for an update. And we also send out breaking news, push notifications, and all that good stuff. It has literally everything you need for fantasy football. The season's coming close, folks. It's July. It's almost August. Download that app today. And now, let's get started. Let's do it. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. My leg. <laughs> I was not expecting that to happen. Is uh, that uh, is that insensitive? Classic SpongeBob. Are we gonna get canceled on Twitter for starting our Cam Akers coverage with my leg? Seriously though, oh, it's funny. We can make jokes that are funny, okay? Especially it, when because like, it obviously sucks. When you follow up the following statement with, "I feel very, really sorry for the kid and hope he recovers." To think that Cam Akers is younger than you and I is just crazy to me. Obviously we're at that age sucks. where players like, start being younger than us. And you look at people, the last person that tore his Achilles, we weren't so nice towards because it was Devontae Foreman. Deontay, For- uh, Deontay Foreman? Deontay Foreman. And me and Michael were laughing at people who thought he was going to recover. And, like, it just clearly sucks. And Deontay Foreman, although he wasn't great beforehand, was worse after. Uh, everyone's favorite person like Michael LaShore I think also had Achilles injury and he wasn't the same after it's a it's a debilitating injury and it's sad to see and especially for a sophomore running back who a lot of people hoped could take a step up into really superstardom this season um we on Sean a McVay fantasy called him war daddy <coughs> at the end of the last year yeah in a fantasy perspective we were weary of his ADP so among our best ball drafts and such we actually do not have any Cam Akers on our teams, which 
sometimes you just luck out like that. Um, we also have zero Daryl Henderson. <laughs> so we've just been staying away from the Rams' backfield. Um, with that being said, I feel super bad for the kid for fantasy ramifications. Daryl Henderson, how high does he jump up, bro? Um, like if a slow draft or just a regular draft started today, you think he's going in the late second, early third round, or am I jumping the gun a little bit? No, I agree. I think that's where he's going to be going. Right? Yeah. I don't see why he's not. he wouldn't be going in that, like, Dobbins, CEH tier. Especially with the Rams really not having anyone else besides Daryl Henderson. Besides Funk and Xavier Jones. Like, a UDFA and, like, a late-round pick that literally no one... Literally, probably 90% of the world hasn't heard of before this Cam Akers injury. Man, it sucks. But, I mean, look, Daryl Henderson was 12th in the league in rushing yards over expected last year. Had more rushing yards um, over expected than Cam Akers did. Had a higher PFF grade than Cam Akers. A lot of signs were pointing it were pointing to this backfield being more um, fairly split between Henderson and Akers than many perceived it would be, which is one of the reasons why we were fading Cam Akers at his first-round ADP. Um, but now it's just Daryl Henderson's backfield, and I don't know. I need time to, like, settle in and try to figure out where I'm going to rank Daryl Henderson because as of right now, I don't know if I'm going to want to spend that high of a pick on him. But, I mean, if Cam Akers was going in the first round and now Cam Akers is gone and now it's only Daryl Henderson in that backfield, you have the lone running back in a Sean McVay offense with Matt Stafford stepping in. Man. I also think this boosts up Robert Woods and Cooper Cup a little bit. Tyler Higby, too. I think this, just the passing game in general, I think they might have to be a little bit more pass heavy at this point. They're not going to be able to swap out Cam Akers for Daryl Henderson and have a legitimate backup running back anymore that could basically do everything Cam Akers does. Now they don't have that. If Daryl Henderson steps off the field, who are they going to trust? Um, and how effective is that running back going to be? So I do think it also bumps up that receiving core a little bit. And Matt Stafford might be able to add a few uh, extra 100 yards on his passing total by the end of the season. Yeah, because if you look at who's behind Daryl Henderson, it's Xavier Jones, Jake Funk, and Raymond Calais. So those aren't names that we'll probably see on the field much, if we're being honest. Um, probably expect uh, them to bring in another running back, Todd Gurley reunion potentially. I doubt it, but it's a possibility. Um, but if you look at the team, man, they brought in Matt Stafford, and they have Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. Deshaun Jackson, Tyler Higby, Van Jefferson, Tudu Atwell. A lot, a lot, a lot of capital in that receiving core and that quarterback room. And um, it just it's possible to believe that this team's just going to pass more with Cam Akers out. Daryl Henderson is probably going to end up going to the second or third round. I'm not 100% sure if I'm okay with him there yet. Yeah. Um, third round is... Easier to gulp Swallow. down. Gulp. Look at us using synonyms for the same word without knowing it was coming. Um, but for now, I think it helps out the pass catchers. I may move Tyler Higby up a little bit in my tight end rankings. Um, a lot of teams will use short tight end passes to help out the to in lieu of the run game. Maybe Robert Woods gets an extra f- few rushes this year too. Robert he already Woods gets always, a couple rushes per game basically. Yeah. 
Um, also, this is uh, pretty funny. Every, so- every single time something like this happens, you get the crowd that says, this is why you don't draft early. You know, injuries happen, and now you wasted a, a team if you drafted Cam Akers in the first or second round. And then you have um, a good amount of people saying, this is why you draft early. I thought Daryl Henderson was a good backup, and I've been drafting him in the 10th round. <laughs> and now I have Daryl Henderson, who's a probably a third-plus round value and at a 10th round cost. So it's really it's interesting, the dynamic that always happens when, you, uh, when an, a big injury like this happens. Obviously, we never wish for an injury like this to happen. It sucks whenever it does, and we feel... Awful for Cam Akers at this point. Hopefully he recovers, man, because the worst thing that could happen to Cam Akers is he returns and he's not himself. He never gets a contract past his rookie contract that's actually um, like a decent contract. Like maybe he gets a one or two year deal worth a couple million. But I mean, he never gets that sizable second contract because his play is just never really up to the par that people believed it could be. So I just hope he uh, he's able to recover gracefully and we see him back and better than ever in, in 2022. I agree. Um, so to get on to what else we're going to do today. So last night, I, Jason speaking, drafted as a pro in the FFPC Pros versus Joes um, tournament. And this is intense. Um, mm-hmm. Though only the winner wins. It's a 12-person league. Only the winner wins an entry into the $1,900 um, main event mm-hmm. for the 2022 season. Uh, I went up against, I mentioned Rich Schreiber and um, Scott Barrett, also Michael Leone of Established the Run. There's a, There were a lot of very good pros I went up against. And many of the Joes have won hundreds of thousands of dollars playing fantasy Yes, football. many of the Joes are people who could have websites and podcasts who prefer to not do this and just make money on their own yep. um, while playing these. So it's a, it's a cool little tournament, and I got to say... I love my team. Um, so we're going to review it today. My favorite teams here, maybe you could call me bias, is your team. And Team 11. Michael Leone's team and Team 11, which is a Joe team. I liked Team 11 yesterday, and then we just looked at it again. And in the 11th round, he took Daryl Henderson. Yep, that's big for them. Makes me like the team even more. Um I don't want to use this podcast to shit on anyone because we're better than that. We're better than that. There are a couple teams here <laughs> that I saw and I was like, wow, what is this person doing? But maybe some people looked at my team and thought, what is this person doing? Yeah, you never know. Um, So for those who don't know, FFPC is a high stakes league. Um, If you want to play for free. Download our app, click on it on the home screen. There's a free $5 league where you can get your first taste of high-stakes leagues. And if you never played it before, all you really got to know is that it's a one-quarterback format. But it is full PPR tight end premium, meaning tight ends get 1.5 points per catch. So tight ends are ultra-valuable in this format. So we had the four spot, and I really wanted... When I say we, I'm just talking about Brodo because I'm representing Brodo. Um, but it was I who drafted. So I'm probably just going to mix up between I and we while I'm talking. I really wanted Travis Kelsey to fall to the four spot. I did not think it was going to happen. I was planning to take Alvin Kamara there if he didn't. But luckily, one of the teams that I didn't really like in the two spot took Ezekiel Elliott to start the draft. Yep. Um, so it went CMC, Zeke, Dalvin Cook, and then I took Travis Kelsey at the four spot. Michael, 
Should I have been happy about that pick? I think that is a tremendous pick. I was ecstatic that you were able to grab uh, Travis Kelsey there. Every single season over the past three, four years since Travis Kelsey has asserted his dominance, he has been the most winningest first-round pick player in FFPC leagues because it is tight end premium. He basically performs as a high-end wide receiver one, and you just get that big advantage over guys who wait on tight end. Like one of these teams, uh, Team 2, his tight ends are Jonu Smith, Dan Arnold, and Jimmy Graham, and Team 3, Evan Ingram, Irv Smith, and Eric Ebron. There's a huge chance you have a ginormous advantage every single week at tight end with Travis Kelsey starting. One note as well, I forgot. This tournament, not all of FFPC in general, this tournament is best ball. Yes, best ball slim. You don't set lineups. um, Your top scores go in every week, which is also helpful when it comes to tight ends because you could draft those three tight ends you just mentioned, and the most they put up is four points. Meanwhile, I took, with my last three picks, receivers, and uh, I don't know if there's scientific proof to this, but I'd rather... I think a late wide receiver has a much better chance of booming in a certain week than a late round tight end. And total points definitely support that argument. Because wide receiver 36 definitely has more points on wide receiver than tight end. Fucking who knows what. Tight end like 22 or something. Yeah. But yeah, Travis Kelsey there is a glorious pick. And I, I mean, that's that completely changed the way you probably went about your whole draft. It did. I went in, and I was thinking, I'm going to get Alvin Kamara at four. Um, in the second round, perhaps I get lucky and Darren Waller or George Kittle fall, and maybe I'll take a tight end early there. And if not, it's really just try to draft the best guy. Try not to grab more than two running backs in the first five rounds. So once I already had Kamara, I probably would have been a little bit um, weary on taking another running back too soon, maybe in the second round, but then not for a bit. It definitely changed up my entire strategy, Um, and I was happy to have Travis Kelsey. So after him went Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, Darren Waller, there he goes, Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Diggs, Eckler, and Tyreek Hill to round out the first. At this point, if you listen to our latest FFPC podcast where we talked about values, I was hoping for a Green Bay Packer to fall to me, either Devontae Adams or Aaron Jones, because both are extreme values in ADP right now um, in FFPC. When you're drafting in the pros versus Joes, where the Joes are also basically pros, it's hard to get value at ADP. Those guys went. So did Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, George Kittle, as I mentioned earlier, Cam Akers, which hurts, um, which left me considering um, between Justin Jefferson or a running back named Nick Chubb or Najee Harris, because I definitely didn't want Joe Mixon here. Um, I felt it was too early for CEH or Dobbins. And Chubb, f- this is also a full PPR, like you mentioned, which caps his ceiling, in my opinion. Exactly. So in a full By PPR a format. fairly decent amount. Full PPR format, I went with Justin Jefferson. The wide receiver, seven off the board, which I think is absurd. Uh, I have Justin Jefferson as my number two or three rated wide receiver right now in my rankings. But Diggs, Hill, Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Calvin Ridley, and Thomas all went before him. So I grabbed my wide receiver one in the second round. This new... uh. FFPC draft boards now have the wide receiver, tight end, running back, like the number, like Robert Woods, wide receiver 18, um, and the bye week on the draft board. It's very handy. I like it. So next up, um, after that was a huge running back run. So Nick Chubb, Najee Harris, Joe Mixon, 
DK Metcalf, J.K. Dobbins, CEH, all go in the next six picks. It's back to me at 304. I'm looking at the board, and if you look at the running backs left, there was a drop to me, and that's why I went running back here. Because um, if I'm not going to name my guy yet, but uh, Antonio Gibson also went in the second round, I forgot to mention. Chris Carson, David Montgomery, Travis Etienne, Miles Sanders, Javante Williams, Josh Jacobs, Trey Sermon. These are all the guys that went after the guy I chose. And I thought that there was a clear drop from DeAndre Swift to those guys. And yeah. so even though it really hurt me to not take A.J. Brown or Keenan Allen, two guys who I love this year. If I was if I had Kamara in round one and I was trying to set up my team differently, I may have went with A.J. Brown or Keenan Allen here. But I felt that at running back 17, 16 running backs and went ahead of DeAndre Swift, I couldn't pass up on that value. Yeah, DeAndre Swift is someone I was – a bit weary on, but I've been uh, gaining more and more love for him as the season has um, come closer. Um, someone who I respect a lot, DF Bean Counter, who we had on the podcast, has him as a bulletproof, po- uh, bulletproof running back, and is he? He expects big things. What's his accent? He's Canadian. Canadian. That's yeah. what it is. Um, he's he's in love with DeAndre Swift. Um. There's some smart people out there who think big things are coming from DeAndre Swift. I've read multiple articles, and every time I'm off a player, I try to do more research to see if my concerns are valid. Um, in my case, the team, the uh, the workload, things of that sort. And after doing more research, I'm kind of on team. DeAndre Swift has some real breakout potential this year, even if it's a bad offense, if he catches five plus balls a game or four plus balls a game gets 10 to 15 rushes he could even see more than that in some games gets the goal line work and all that I know Jamal Williams might steal some work but I do think DeAndre Swift was going to catch a lot of passes get a lot of rushing game work and he's just a very good back overall um so I do think starting Travis Kelsey Justin Jefferson and then grabbing DeAndre Swift who could easily be a RB1 in my opinion is very very nice and I do prefer DeAndre Swift to like honestly in PPR leagues I am likely taking DeAndre Swift before CEH Dobbins Mixon Najee Harris and Nick Chubb at this point and it might sound crazy to say Nick Chubb but I just Derrick Henry is like the only guy who is always great in PPR leagues without any pass catching and Nick Chubb has to be that in order to live up to his ADP. And he's very, very, very good. But it's just, I don't know, it's hard for me to draft someone who has zero ceiling when it comes to the passing game in the first or second round of a PPR draft. Yeah, I agree. That's why I took, him. That's why I took the under Swift here. Yeah, I liked it. Um, after that was a wide receiver run. I mentioned a few. Kyle Pitts goes in the third round. Highest uh, rookie tight end has ever gone in these drafts. Um, so a good amount of receivers went here. I already mentioned the running back, so I didn't want uh, Chris Carson potentially in the fourth round, but he wasn't going to fall that far. In the fourth round, we also saw Patrick Mahomes go off the board, the first quarterback off the board. And then um, the likes of Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb. So I'm happy with my pick here. Uh, I was deciding between a few upside options or a few CeeDee Lamb options. falling would have been glorious. I really wanted CeeDee Lamb to fall. I did not. So I was deciding between Robert Woods, his teammate Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett, DJ Moore, and Adam Thielen. I went with Robert Woods, and after what happened today, um, probably looks like a better pick. 
Yeah, I think Robert Woods at wide receiver, 18. Uh, Woods and Cup went back-to-back, funny enough. But Robert Woods at wide receiver, 18. That has been his floor over the last three seasons with Jared Goff, and now he has Matt Stafford and Cam Akers is out. I think Robert Woods has some definite wide receiver one potential, which would give you the overall tight end one, two top 12 wide receivers in Jefferson and Woods, and a potential top 12 running back in DeAndre Swift to start the draft. Boom. That's why I love my team. And no uh, overlap in any of the bye weeks. Yeah. So I mentioned I was also thinking of Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett, DJ Moore. All those guys went in between that pick and my next one, as did Dak Prescott. So that means I had to look at my board and think about who I wanted. Because if I looked at the running backs... The next ones off the board were Javante Williams, Travis Etienne, Mike Davis, Kareem Hunt. Didn't really like any of them. Wide receivers, OBJ, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Deontay Johnson, Brandon Ayuk, Kenny Galladay. Like all of them, T. Higgins, I'm a big fan of. Felt that I could potentially get better wide receiver value late. So for one of the first times in a while, I opted for a quarterback. I felt that the ceiling was there and that I wasn't missing out on too much. If I didn't take a position player here. So at 5.04, I took Kyler Murray. Was this the right decision? Um, I have been on the fifth round QB bandwagon because guys like Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Kyler, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, those are always the first to go. And they're always available in the fifth round these days. And I do think there's value there because I understand drafting a player like a DJ Moore ahead of them, but... Like a Josh Jacobs, a Javante Williams, an OBJ. Like, I I don't love those players enough to pass up on these, this elite QB potential, especially in a best ball where you have Kyler Murray now. His bye week is week 12. Guess what? You do not need a quarterback other than week 12. You don't need to draft three quarterbacks. You could add another wide receiver, running back, or tight end. You could just stash Kyler Murray on your team. Not have to worry about the QB position giving you a bad week. And he has QB1 overall potential. He was on pace to break records last season before he hurt himself. And then um, and then uh, came back and wasn't quite as good when he wasn't rushing as much. He's fully healthy again. I expect him now another year in the Kingsbury offense. They brought in Rondell Moore to help the offense even further. Um, James Conner and Chase Edmonds in the backfield. I think Kyler Murray has a very high ceiling once again, and I do not think there's any problem uh, with you taking him here in the fifth round. And you actually started a little bit of a QB run with that pick with Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson going the following two. Yes, correct. Um, so that made me – is it? Is it just what, – what's that called? What type of bias is it? Like just reaff- reaff- reaffirmation bias? Reaffirmation bias? Is that a thing? <laughs> I don't know, but like you know what I mean. Seeing the quarterbacks go after I took a quarterback, especially when someone like uh, Rich Rybar, who took Lamar Jackson in the fifth round, it's nice to see someone uh, of his caliber also go QB in the fifth round. Yeah, because that's a uh, that's a smart man. I don't think anyone has any question about that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So after that, um, a lot of wide rec- uh, the quarterbacks went off the board, and then a decent amount of running backs and wide receivers. None that I was too in love with. So when it got back to me, I had to make a decision. Do I want to 
so right now I only had one right. I had a very balanced team here. <laughs> Collect your thoughts, brother. Collect one quarterback, one tight end, one running back, two wide receivers. Balanced all around. So what did I want to do here now? Looking at the wide receivers, didn't love them. Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith, Debo Samuel, Tyler Boyd, DJ Chark. Again, I felt that I could get more value late. Man, I'm actually upset that Juju didn't fall to you here. Juju went the pick before me. Wide receiver 31. I would have considered him. So instead, I went with the running back 26, was much more upside than that. Miles Gaskin. This guy was a top 18 running back every time he was on the field last year. Uh, Brian Flores, the Miami Dolphins head coach, when Gaskin was out, would just slot in Salvan Ahmed. Like, he's not a running back by committee guy. They didn't really bring in anyone um, to challenge Miles Gaskin. I know that Matt, our writer, really loves the running back out of Cincinnati. Jared um, Dokes. J- Dokes, who got drafted to Miami. But he's a late-round pick. He's kind of a dart throw. Gaskin was the guy last year, and I just think you can't pass up that value of running back 26. Yeah, um, this is part of the so-called RB dead zone here in the sixth round where um, the numbers say to not draft a running back, but you've only taken DeAndre Swift. There are players who are good in that RB dead zone. It doesn't. The RB dead zone doesn't just mean... Don't draft players in this round ever. It means you have a lower chance of hitting on them. But um, a guy like Miles Gaskin at a cost of RB26, who was a top 12 PPR running back last season when he took over that running back room. I'm with you, man, especially now with like a second year Tua, if he's better and healthier coming off the hip injury and a second year in the system and now more weapons at his disposal. Um it's better for Gaskin if the offense as a whole is better. And a lot of people are question, oh, you know, they have so many receivers. How's the running back going to get work and things like that? It always boggles my mind when people question whether a better offense is going to help or deteriorate a running back. And it always helps because a better offense leads to more fantasy points, period. So I do think Miles Gaskin here is certainly a a pretty solid pick as a RB2 at RB26. But I, a Juju... Would have been nice at wide receiver 31. I think he's super undervalued. But uh, he went two picks bef- after Chase Claypool, um, which is just crazy to me. I don't see how why Claypool's going ahead of Juju. But that's besides the point. I think um, I think he did a good a good thing here with Miles Gaskin, brother. And I kind of repeated it. Um, so coming back around, after my pick went Russell Wilson, Trey Sermon, Noah Fant, Tyler Boyd, Matt Stafford, DJ Chark. Don't even get me started on those two of those picks there. One of these teams I really dislike. So, when it came back to me, I was just looking at value again. And it's the same wide receivers who I wasn't really feeling. I was thinking maybe Jerry Judy here. But instead, I just went with value again and thought, you know what? Let me pile on wide receivers later in the draft. And I took Chase Edmonds. Running back 28, starting running back for the Arizona Cardinals. I now have DeAndre Swift, Miles Gaskin, and Chase Edmonds for my two running back slots. Man, this one was absurd to me. Because, um, look, I said I told you I liked the the Miles Gaskin pick. I thought there was a 0% chance Chase Edmonds would fall to you in the seventh round, too. Um, at RB28, I haven't seen Chase Edmonds go past the sixth round very often. He is a pass-catching back in a PPR league who has that potential for the spike weeks, which, especially in best ball, are very kind. In a dynamic offense, 
And you get that like sideways stack of Kyler Murray and Chase Edmonds. So you are going to be responsible for a very solid amount of Arizona touchdowns, which is just glorious because that is a high-paced offense that is going to score touchdowns, period. So I think that Chase Edmonds pick, again, you know me, I'm typically a grab a lot of wide receiver early guy. You only have Jefferson and Swift through the first seven rounds. But when you have Travis Kelsey, who's basically a high-end wide receiver in a tight end slot, that certainly helps where you don't have to draft all those wide receivers early. And when you have value falling to you like Gaskin and Chase Edmonds in the seventh, it's just just tremendous. So I, I really I really like those two picks, man. I think through the first seven rounds, I'd be uh, super happy with how the team is coming out. At this point, was I correct to think I probably want to take a wide receiver in my next three picks? This is where I would have completely turned the tide, yeah. Because the, the ideal in FFPC best ball drafts, the ideal best ball slim, that is, with 18 roster spots, the ideal um, roster construction over the past season was two quarterbacks, two tight ends, five running backs, nine wide receivers. This start with the three running backs, a tight end and quarterback of high-end caliber um, tight end and QB there really allows you to go two tight end and two quarterback and allows you to go five running back, nine wide receiver, and hit that ideal roster construction unless someone really stands out um, that you really want when it gets to your pick or someone really falls. And it doesn't seem like that. Looking at the board and watching you draft yesterday, it just didn't seem like anyone that was super obvious at a position that you were targeting fell. Um, So, yeah, here with after Gaskin and Edmonds, I do think going on a wide receiver run would have been and which you did, was a very smart move. It's exactly what I did. I reached a little bit for my next pick, but I did not reach in my eyes. In the eighth round, at wide receiver 39, I took Antonio Brown, and I love this pick. If you look at what he did last season, his 16-game pace, and this was joining a new team, getting acclimated to a notoriously confusing offense, <clears throat> playing with a quarterback who's getting acclimated to a notoriously confusing offense. Antonio Brown... His 16-game pace was 122 targets, 90 catches, 966 yards, and 8 touchdowns. Give me that all day, every day on Friday, every day on the west side, every day on the east side, every day on the north side. At wide receiver 39, I want it. And I took it. So that's what (laughs) I went with there. And I'll talk about the next guy too before I let you talk about it, Michael. On the way back around, I went wide receiver again. Wide receiver 44, again, I think just an absolute steal. Like, I really like this draft that I had. And the reason why I love it is because at wide receiver 44, after getting the steal that I think is Antonio Brown, I got Will Fuller. Will Fuller, the wide receiver two every time he's on the field, um, where I, I know Michael tweeted about Will Fuller today, so I'll let him talk about him a little bit. I was very happy with these two picks, Antonio Brown, Will Fuller. What do you think? Yeah, um... Antonio Brown, you like a little bit more than I do. Just the craziness that goes along with Antonio Brown scares me a little bit. I'm not going to lie to you. But at a wide receiver 39 cost for a guy who was a top 24 wide receiver, he stepped off the plane, started for the Buccaneers, and was a top 24 wide receiver and won a world championship with them. It's absolutely absurd. And now that he's... There with Tom Brady, he seems to be getting his shit together. If he plays the entire year, he's going to be better than wide receiver 39. Antonio Brown and Will Fuller 
both absolutely fill out our methodology of will is this guy better than his ADP? Like you are not going to rank AB lower than wide receiver 39 ever. You are not going to rank Will Fuller lower than wide receiver 44 ever. So both those guys just smash that um, little bar that we set. I will note, right before Antonio Brown, I got sniped. Mike Kosicki went as my backup slash flex because FFPC uses two tight ends. I would have liked Mike Kosicki here in the eighth. I would have felt a little bit safer about my tight end pick. Once he went, I decided that I'm going to get a very late backup for Travis Kelsey and hope that Kelsey stays healthy all season. Yeah, that's fair. Mike Kosicki is a solid tight end, but... Yeah, he did get sniped the pick before drats. Um, but I I do think AB was a solid consolation prize. So was Will Fuller. Uh, Will Fuller has never been worse than wide receiver forty four in points per game. He was a top ten player in points per game last season. And as bad as Tua was his rookie season, you know I'm not a big Tua fan. But I could be wrong, right? The dude had a had hip surgery last year, um, and where he did shine a little bit was deep ball completion percentage. He was 16th in the league, and that's what Will Fuller does. Will Fuller is an absolute animal when healthy. In a best ball league, too, where you're shooting for upside, A.B. and Will Fuller can get you top 10 weeks, certainly, um, at any time. Like, no one would be shocked if both of them go off any game ever. And now you have both of them as your wide receiver 3-4, and it gives you a, a, a lot of upside and even, like, the only downside would be injury or suspension. So like it's you never have to question when they're on their field if they're if they're gonna be able to produce. So especially when you're in best ball leagues where you're looking for spike weeks and you have two guys who give you some decent spike weeks. Yeah. And my next two picks were also a package deal. So I told you I wasn't gonna look at tight end anymore because I have Kelsey and because Gasicki went. Um, I also wasn't going to look at quarterback yet because I already have Kyler Murray, and hopefully backup's not going to be very important for me. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the hope when you draft someone like Kyler Murray in the fifth round in a uh, best ball draft. The hope is you don't need any other quarterback, uh, really. Obviously, when it comes to QBs, injuries are the killer. You hope none of them get hurt. Um, but you also, like if you have Kyler Murray, QBs are the least injured position, really, so... It makes a lot of sense to just, after Murray, just get one QB that doesn't overlap in the bye week and fill in that bye week, and that's about it, basically. So then on the way back, I decided to make a double-dip sandwich with the sauce on the side. Hot open roast beef with the au Beef au The French dip. The French dip au sandwich. The French dip au sandwich. It is fire. New York style. I went with the New York French dip au boy. Oh, yeah. Corey Davis and Elijah Moore, my next two picks. Bang! Michael, tell the people why. Because I made, I drafted both of these guys because of what Michael's about to tell all of you about a team that... Just just tell the people. Some shocking statistics that Jason can't get out of his mouth because it's just shocking. Why does your 49 and 52, by the way? Yeah, Corey Davis. First off, Corey Davis's ADP is an absolute joke. And the fact that he is wide receiver 49... As the number one receiver on an up-and-coming team with the second overall pick at quarterback with a big contract is absolutely absurd. Just off the bat, absurd, dumb. He should not be going before 
Jalen Waddle, Michael Pittman, LaVisca Chenault, Curtis Samuel, none of these guys. But he is. And you take advantage of ADP. I wrote an article about it. Go check it out if you haven't on BrotoFantasy.com or on the Broto app. Now, back to the stat. Two years ago, the Jacksonville Jaguars were a bad team. Correct? Not debatable. You know who had some nice weeks? D.D. Westbrook. You know who had some nice weeks? Chris Conley. Do you know who had nice weeks back and forth, back and forth, back and forth? D.D. Westbrook and Chris Conley? D.D. Westbrook and Chris Conley. If you drafted D.D. Westbrook, who was about a 14th round pick that year, and Chris Conley, who was like round 18 to 20 or undrafted, you had a wide receiver one overall in best ball leagues. Their spike weeks back and forth literally gave them enough points combined as a wide receiver one overall, and you spent a 15th and 19th round pick on the two. If something like that happens here with Corey Davis and Elijah Moore, Corey Davis is the alpha wide receiver one, and Elijah Moore is the young, talent, super uber-talented, who A.J. Brown said is better than him, wide receiver out of Ole Miss, who dominated last season and has had nothing but absolutely ridiculous rave reviews to start training camps and practices. You could have a absolute home run here in the 10th and 11th round of Corey Davis and Elijah Moore. Yeah, I agree. I love it. And to recap the beginning of my team, because FFPC is quarterback, two running back, two wide receiver, one tight end, two flex. So to recap, I have Travis Kelsey in my tight end spot, Justin Jefferson, Robert Woods in my wide receiver spots, DeAndre Swift, Miles Gaskin in my running back spots, and then the flexes, I could start Chase Edmonds, Antonio Brown, Will Fuller, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore. And remember, this is best ball. Yep. So there's a lot of good high upside options there. Um, at this point, I now had six wide receivers. I needed a backup quarterback. I needed a backup tight end. Then I had three running backs. I would have liked some backup running backs. So that's exactly what I did here. Those are my next four picks. I went with two running backs, a quarterback, and a tight end. Was that the smart move? I like it. Um, you now had six wide receivers. Very solid wide receivers, might I add. Um, so I do think getting two more running backs here, now that we're in rounds 12 and 13, and a solid backup quarterback. Kirk Cousins, you got it. QB 21. Yes. So the what? four people I took... What? Um, in the respectively in rounds 12 through 15 Bro. were Gus Edwards, Philip Lindsay, Kirk Cousins, Dawson Knox. Someone needs to explain to me how it makes any sense at all that Kirk Cousins is the QB 21. Coming off a year where he ended, didn't wasn't he a top 12 QB? People just love to hate on Kirk Cousins, man. I'm going to go to the Fantasy Football by Brado app right now. I'm going to go look at Kirk Cousins' cards. He's also a true throw value And I'll tell you where he finished ranking every year and it's always he's always a top 15 quarterback also Gus Edwards at RB 46 I know it's PPR but he is going to get you 8 to 12 points a week and that is awesome for last year Kirk Cousins was quarterback 11 yep the year before you could um you could yeah, Gus Edwards at RB46 is awesome. And then Philip Lindsay at RB48, all he has to do 13. is beat out. 
Damn, QB 11 and QB 13. Now just yell out numbers while you're talking. The year before, 12. Jeez. The year before, glorious. Sixth. Glorious. And you see how easy this is. And it's just one flip of a card on the beautiful app. Are you ever going to start Kirk Cousins? Are you ever going to rank Kirk Cousins Fifth. lower than QB 21? No. The year before? So you draft him at Ninth. QB 21. All right, Jay. We got it. This was going back all the way to 2015. He's never ended as a lower than a... What was it? Maybe last year was his lowest. Quarterback fucking 11. Never lower than QB 13. Never lower than QB 13. Brady. But yeah, Gus Edwards and Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay only has to beat out 97-year-old David Johnson and 98-year-old Mark Ingram in order to have a large role in the Houston offense. And Lindsay was fantastic prior to an injury-ridden season last year. So I do think there's a significant amount of upside there as well, especially in the 13th round as RB48 off the board. So I like the Gus Edwards, Philip Lindsay, Kirk Cousins trio you got there as well. As you can see, I'm a huge fan of your draft. Me too, so I'm glad to hear you are. Then to round it out, I wanted to cap off my wide receivers because, as Michael stated earlier, and Dawson Knox you grabbed as well, who Dawson Knox, I've spoken up a bit as tight end 29. I think that's too low for him. Um, we have tra- you. You have Travis Kelsey, um, and now Dawson Knox is your tight end too to fill in on the bye week and maybe some spike weeks in the tight end or flex spot because his best stretch of his career last year at the end of the season in his sophomore year entering his third year as a Buffalo Bill. Not much has changed in that offense. They brought in Emmanuel Sanders and let go John Brown, but Sanders is old and hurt often. Um, they have the otherwise not much has changed and Dawson Knox. If he gets a bigger chunk of the pie in that offense, could be a very big value as tight end 29 off the board. Yeah. Um, and then to finish it off, I went with three wide receivers. And they were Jamison Crowder, a wide receiver 76, which is hilarious. Prashad Perriman, a wide receiver 80, which is also pretty hilarious. And Alan Lazard, a wide receiver 86, which I also think is pretty hilarious. So now you have Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, and Jamison Crowder. One of those guys is going to finish as a top 30 wide receiver each week. It's almost guaranteed. Yeah. Unless the Jets absolutely shit the bed. And now you have all three on the same team who are all expected to be starting wide receivers and we know are better than their ADPs suggest. Fuck it, right? Why not? And then Brashad Perriman. He might be the wide receiver one for the Detroit Lions, folks. Um, We saw that tremendous stretch, Tampa Bay couple years ago went to the Jets obviously not nearly as effective was injured a lot showed off a little bit went healthy and now he's getting that third type of chance here um, in Detroit as Jared Goff's wide receiver one really him and Tyra Williams could fight it out over who gets that claim Amon Ross St. Brown as well but I like I like it a lot here at wide receiver 80 when you're looking for upside because all he needs is a few big boom weeks and you're set and, and then lastly, Alan Lazard. Thanks, Jay. You made that pick for me, didn't you? I did, for sure. At wide receiver 86, Alan Lazard is one of my favorite close-out-the-draft wide receiver picks. If Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay and Alan Lazard is healthy, he is going to be better than wide receiver 86, period. He was top 45 in true throw value last season, was 50-something in points per game, and that was despite playing some games hurt. Um, and having some really rough games out of his injury. But prior to that, he had two uh, big games in the first three weeks as one of Aaron Rodgers' main main weapons and seemed like he was going to be a trustworthy 
wide receiver two slash three all year long. And now you're getting him in the 18th round as a wide receiver, 86 off the board. To close out the draft with the roster construction you wanted of two five nine two, with solid depth across the board, without any significant buy issues, you got a stack in Kyler Murray and Chase Edmonds, a stack in Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. This is a very good team, brother. Thank you. Very good team, if I might say. I concur. Well done, Jay. Well done. I completely concur. So that's my team. Um, I, I recapped it initially. So my last picks were Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Gus Edwards, Philip Lindsay, Kirk Cousins, Dawson Knox, Jameson Crowder, Rashad Perman, and Alan Lazard. I love my team. Um, but that's just a look into my mindset as I draft an FFPC high stakes team um, against some of the best in the industry. And hopefully you can apply it. If you want to join an FFPC draft for free, you can go to our app, and it's right on the home screen. Um, you could also apply it in any of your other league drafts. Yeah. Is that it? You got anything else to add? Um, I like Michael Leone's team a lot as well of Establish the Run. He went 0RB, which is right up my alley, and uh, really got some nice uh, values, I think, for going 0RB. He went Stefan Diggs, George Kittle, CeeDee Lamb, Chris Godwin, T. Higgins, which is a tremendous first five. Mike Davis in the sixth round is a nice value. Debo Samuel, Raheem Mostert as RB31 is a nice value. Joe Burrow, Jalen Waddell, Trey Lance, who has some tremendous upside. A.J. Dillon at RB44 I like a lot. Rondell Moore, J.D. McKissick at RB51 is a steal. Kenneth Gainwell, Mowally Cox, Darrington Evans, for some reason people love him. I'm not exactly sure why. And then Dwayne Eskridge, who was a second-round pick for Seattle in an offense I think is going to have a very big season. So I like Michael Leone's draft. And if one or two of those running backs hit, he could be a, his team could be a force to reckon with. He did go. He was a little ballsy, though. George Kittle and only Mowally Cox, despite George Kittle's um, injured past. So, it's interesting. Yeah, I think uh, those were my two favorite teams. And the Frying Pan, Inc., Team 11, who got Daryl Henderson in the 11th. Is you could view nice. this draft board on Twitter. Yeah. Eckler, Gibson, Cooper, Evans, Deontay Johnson, Brandon Ayuk, Tom Brady, Tyler Higbee, James Conner, Kenyon Drake, Trevor Lawrence, Daryl Henderson, Marvin Jones, Cole Komet, Terrace Marshall, Amon Ross St. Brown, Sam Darnold, and O.J. Howard is a team that I think is very solid as well. Um Probably my least favorite of the three that I like the most. I'd rank it you, Leone, and then the Frying Pan team. But I think you're going to have a real good shot to win this league, bro. Thank you, brother. Um, with that said, that's it for this week's podcast. Um, please download the Fantasy Football by Brodo app on all your app stores near you. We've already gave the spiel about all that's on it. It really is a great app. You could also support us. At patreon.com slash Fantasy, All of this is able to be all the apps and all that good stuff. It's all free. Thanks to our wonderful patrons. We love our patrons. If you'd like to join our Patreon, please do so. We have community leagues that will be starting up soon. We have a lot of perks. We'll discuss more. Um, We are also revamping the tiers. So in the next few days, we will have brand new tiers on the Patreon um, with added awesome stuff um, with different benefits at each level. It's going to be very cool, so please keep an eye on that, and please support us if you can. We appreciate it. 
And that's how we keep this bad boy running. Yeah, exactly what Jason said. Um, so thank you all for listening. Hope uh, hope you like the draft that Jason put together. Otherwise, get out of town. Get out of town. We only want positive reviews. I don't, I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> um, at BrotoFF Jason, you can find me. You can find Tim at BrotoFF Tim. You can find Cass at BrotoFF Casanova. Mm-hmm. So you can find Michael at BrotoFF Mike. Yep. With that said, I believe we are good to go. Yeah. All right. Later. Later.